Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 555. Couldn't make heads or tails of it. The boy asked arcanists, tinkers, and old hermits living in the woods, but no one had ever seen anything like it. He went to ask the seldom merchants, thinking if anyone would know about gold, it would be them. But the seldom merchants didn't know. He went to the arcanists at the university, thinking if anyone would know about screws and their workings, they would. But the arcanists didn't know. The boy followed the road over the storm wall to ask the witch women of Tall, but none of them could give him an answer. Eventually, he went to the king of Vint, the richest king in the world. But the king didn't know. He went to the emperor of Atur, but even with all his power, the emperor didn't know. He went to each of the small kingdoms, one by one, but no one could tell him anything. Finally, the boy went to the high king of Modeg, the wisest of all kings in the world. The high king looked closely at the head of the golden screw, peeping from the boy's belly button. Then the high king made a gesture, and his seneschal brought out a pillow of golden silk. On the pillow was a golden box. The high king took a golden key from around his neck, opened the box, and inside was a golden screwdriver. The high king took the screwdriver and motioned to the boy to come closer. Trembling with excitement, the boy did. Then the high king took the golden screwdriver and put it in the boy's belly button. I paused to take a long drink of water. I could feel my small audience leaning towards me. Then the high king carefully turned the golden screw. Once, nothing. Twice, nothing. Then he turned it a third time, and the boy's ass fell off. There was a moment of stunned silence. What? Hespy asked incredulously. His ass fell off. I repeated with an absolutely straight face. There was a long silence. Everyone's eyes were fixed on me. The fire snapped, sending red embers floating upwards. And then what happened? Hespy finally asked. Nothing, I said. That's it, the end. What? She said again more loudly. What kind of story is that? I was about to respond when Tempe burst out laughing, and he kept laughing great shaking laughs that left him breathless. Soon I began to laugh as well, partly at Tempe's display and partly because I'd always considered it an oddly funny story myself. Hespy's expression turned dangerous, as if she were the butt of the joke. Dayden was the first to speak. I don't understand. Why did... He trailed off. And that's the end of the page. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Maybe that's why Nick has taken such a long time, because his ass fell off. Oh, he'll have to go put it back on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, you know, if you drop that screw and it, like, bounces away somewhere, like, that could be yeah, a Yeah, real... you have to go find it? Yeah. What if it fell down the drain or something? Yeah, it's a real problem. That would explain a lot. Yep. So, Jordana, uh, does yeah. this qualify as a horror story? I mean, if this happened in reality, it would be horrifying. 
but as I am not the person the story is happening to, it is very funny. <laughs> yeah, I just picture like his ass, like kind of like this hollow, like metal, you yes, know, like thing, yeah. and like it, like falling off and going to go clank, ring, 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 ring. ring like I sort of imagine it because we're talking about like gold, everything's gold. I sort of imagine it as though the the boy is like C three PO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like C three PO's butt fell off. But this is like <laughs> you know. The reason that Quoth is telling this story is like it's a shaggy dog story, right? It doesn't, it's not about anything. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just like a dumb, it's basically just like a long, dumb joke. Uh, and he, I think he's figuring like, all right, I'm going to tell a really bad story. Then they won't ask me to tell any more stories for a while. Yes. Also, remember you were talking about the other day how this is, it. it's told like a children's story. It is also told like a horror campfire story. And I think that's why I was thinking horror story because horror campfire stories are also often told that way where it's like this thing happened, then the next thing happened, then the next, then the next, then the next kind of thing. Like that's it. And then of course the end bit it would, would be scary. It's just, it's instead of a punchline, it's something scary. Right. And then, well, like think of the story of like the ghost story of like the woman with the green silk ribbon around her neck and like, yes, you know, yes. You, very you know, much like that. You mustn't my love ever remove my green or silk ribbon. And then, you know, that's her head falling off and that's scary. Yeah, exactly. So it just depends which body part falls off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no story. Like butts are inherently funny. So if your butt falls off, like it's, it's a comedy story. Yes. Also, also because we had a listener write in the other day, who said that uh, they were an, a new parent and that uh, uh, they were reading Winnie the Pooh to their child. I, I was just thinking maybe we should, maybe we should make this into a, a picture book <laughs> and they can read this to their child. <laughs> I actually, I kind of think that someone might've done that already. Oh yeah. Do okay. Cursory Googling. Yeah. Cause this would be a hilarious little children's story. <laughs> And I love how, like, seriously Quoth is taking it because he's really trying to wind up, not to, you know, pardon the pun, but he's trying to wind up his audience a little bit, you know. So he's like, you know, finally he gets to the High King and the High King summons a pillow and the pillow has the key and the key has the box and the box has a screwdriver. And then he takes a drink of water and then the king, he screws it once. He screws it twice. And then he screws it a third time and the boy's ass fell off. You know, like, it's it's such a good, like you know, like, but I'm of an ending. But also, of course, it's three times because three is very important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I also think it's funny that, like, the screwdriver couldn't just be on the pillow. No, no. It had to be in the box in the on the pillow. Well, that's a very fairy tale thing, too, right? Of, like, you know, Kashai the Deathless has his soul inside an egg, the egg's inside a duck, the duck's inside a hare, the hare's inside a goat, and the goat's inside a box. It's a weird place to keep a goat. Hmm. Well, not that inside a goat is a weird is not a weird place to keep a rabbit or whatever the next thing was, but you know. That's right. <laughs> I also wonder if it's significant that Tempe is the only one who finds this funny, and he finds it uproariously funny, uh, whereas the rest of them are just like annoyed. But I, I, I wonder. This is me putting my crackpot hat on. Uh, I wonder if this. This if because we've we've established that the jokes that Quoth and Tempe tell each other are often like not they're kind of lost in translation. The other person doesn't find them funny, but this one find Tempe finds very funny. And I wonder 
we this we learn later that this is a story that Quoth's dad told him basically to you know keep him busy and i wonder if it's like a traditional story that the ru tell each other and i wonder furthermore if the idea that the ru and the ademra are are two branches of the same tree culturally speaking if this story has some kind of common cultural root and that's why tempe finds it so funny yeah maybe i can see that i mean butts are funny in all cultures right <laughs> truly yes as i'm never tired of relating to people one of the the first written joke that we have a record of is a fart joke because farts have always been funny was it written on a wall in greece or somewhere it's it's somewhere in mesopotamia oh that makes sense babylon or somewhere but it was written on a wall yeah it well it's like you know it's like on a cuneiform tablet somewhere oh okay all right i want to go through a few of the people that the boy meets in the story because, or maybe not the people, but the places he goes to. Because some of them are definitely real places. Like the university we know is a real place. Uh, seldom merchants, probably like a, a thing that is like real in this world. Um, I, say I mean, real we place know that me- the Shaldim are real. Yes, exactly. Well, what, I, what I'm saying is that like, these are, these are things that exist. But like, is the King of Vint actually the richest king? Is, yeah. Is they, the like- King of Modeg actually the wisest king? I think this is telling us like what the cultural stereotypes are because we've heard people say that guy is as rich as the king of Vint, right? So like yeah. the understanding that Vintus is the wealthiest kingdom and the king of Vint is the wealthiest king is like a long-held cultural idea. And the emperor of Ator, like it only makes sense because, you know, the Aturan Empire was like the biggest political power on the continent when it was a thing. I see. You know, so I think that that all makes sense to me. All right, so so we can essentially say that the the places he goes and the people he meets in the story are realistic, even if the I story feel, itself is not. I don't know if they're realistic, but I think they are realistic reflections of cultural attitudes towards those places. If you know what I mean, like yes. they're they're like stereotypes, right? Like if you went to the king of France, he's like the king of France, like was you know had the, the, the most delicate palate in the world, but he could not taste the screw and know what it knew. You know, he went to the king of, of Germany. Uh, and even though the German king was the greatest engineer in the world, he couldn't figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he's... They went to visit to Canada and everyone was wearing plaid and eating beaver tails. Right. The king of Canada was the nicest king in the world, but even he couldn't figure <laughs> it out. Like, that's... He was too friendly to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- I think that's what's going on. All right. Very reasonable. I now have a deep need to dress in plaid and have something with maple syrup on it. Mm. Oh, you betcha. Can you go out for a rip there, bud? Gonna have a couple of darts? <laughs> I can't even do the, like, the small town Canada thing. I can't do the accent. I never know what to say. <laughs> Unless I, like, take a quote from from something. I think you just gotta gotta go out for a rip there, bud. You gotta have a, have a couple of darts. All right, so that's that's your only yeah. That's, that's right. That's your go-to. Okay, just I tell see. people that you're having a couple of darts. Yeah, except for I nobody does that anymore. Don't they? Like, I mean, I don't know anyone who smokes. I do. Really? Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anyone who smokes anymore. I know people who used to smoke, but I don't know anyone who still does. That just proves that we're becoming less cool as a society. Tragic. Yeah, I was never cool. It, it's fine. 
Mm. You know what? Society is just coming down to my level, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's really going to the dogs, honestly. Are you calling me a bitch? <laughs> I, did, I didn't say anything. It was all you. <laughs> and listeners, right, we'll all be page. you on tomorrow's page. Oh, <laughs> The wind. wind. <laughs>